boom, blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and thank you again for joining me. As always, live on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, as we are each and every, following each and every Toronto Raptors game, to discuss another Raptors victory as they beat the Bulls 95-89. to Again, Raptors win 95-89 to over the Chicago Bulls in a very ugly game. But it's a win nonetheless, right? They all count the same on the scoreboard. Send in your questions, comments, and concerns on Instagram and on Twitter. Twitter, if you get to Shell Alexander, you click the link, and you'll end up in Periscope. You'll see a nice little chat bar on the side. Send in your questions, comments, and concerns on the latest Toronto Raptors game. And as always, in case you're new to the program, this also... We have the live show, which we're doing right now. But in case you can't get to any of these uh, games live... We got you covered, because this becomes a podcast, which ends up on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course, YouTube. Just search On Blast Podcast, or wrap it up, On Blast. You can find us there. But yes, this is a place where you come to discuss everything Toronto Raptors following each and every game. Even if the game might not have been a classic, (laughs) I don't think we'll call this a classic game by any stretch of the imagination, but as I said before, they all count the same on the scoreboard, right? 95-89, Raptors win over the Chicago Bulls, and it's funny, last night I was out with a couple friends, and uh, one of them was saying they were going to this game, they were asking what the game would be like, would the Raptors win, and I said, ah, Raptors should blow them out, it's the Bulls, Bulls aren't too good, we know the Raptors are legit, I was wrong, the Raptors did not blow out the Bulls, this is a different Bulls team than the Raptors played earlier on in the season, if you remember that game, There was no Kawhi Leonard early on. It was in uh, Chicago, right? It was Fred Van Fleet's first start of the season, of his career, actually, in kind of his hometown of Chicago. And with no Kawhi, Raptors blew out the the then Chicago Bulls. But in that game, there was no... I say the then Chicago Bulls because they're a different team now, right? That team did not have Zach Levine playing in that game. Dunn was still hurt. Markkanen was still hurt. And obviously, they were still coached by Fred Hoiberg. We know the changes that the Bulls have had. They talked about it during the broadcast. Those who are unaware, Jim Boylan is now their head coach. And he's kind of your old school, think like hard college coach, you know? Grind it out, defense. They slow the ball down. They really make the game ugly. They make it possession by possession, which is something you do when your team isn't as talented as others, right? You try to shorten the game, make the possessions more and more valuable. You try to win the game with defense. And we saw that with what the Bulls did. They make the game ugly. And if you fall into that trap, you're going to get caught. The Raptors are just a little lucky that they got some guy named Kawhi Leonard that even when he doesn't shoot that well, which I don't think he shot well tonight at all, what, 8 for 22? He still manages 27 points. You get 20 and 12 from Siakam. The Raptors are able to pull out a victory. An ugly game. A very, very ugly game. But a win nonetheless for the Toronto Raptors. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And, you know, this is funny. There's lots we can do here. Let's go through the bit of the game first because there's something I really want to get to with the whole, like, let's say kind of chemistry. And I'm glad that someone else in the chat, I see it here. Someone in the chat on uh, Twitter says, what's this Kawhi got angry at Pascal? Go back and look at it, okay? I should have 
I wish there was a way I had the viz to show, but very late in the game, there was a play where the Raptors, and I'm doing, I'm going to be honest here, right? I'm going to say that this is a bit of a deep dive because it's a little bit of the whole, uh, those who follow Bill Simmons or listen to Bill Simmons, and he, he jokes around about being the body language expert, right? Where you can, you're looking at team chemistry and seeing certain things. And we're watching this Raptors team and wondering why they're kind of, the offense is stalled a bit. And we know that, of course, it's going to happen when you're missing Kyle Lowry. You're going to, you're missing your all-star starting point guard. Of course, baskets are going to be more difficult to come by, right? So we get that. The ball movement isn't re- hasn't really been there the last few games. The offense, the shooting percentages have been really terrible. Again, they only shot, what, 37% in this game tonight? Ugly offense from the Toronto Raptors. The ball is sticking, not a lot of assists, right? 17 assists total for the Toronto Raptors. Who is a high person in assists? Pascal Siakam. No, sorry. Van Fleet, high person with assists with seven. But we've been talking the whole year about Kawhi fitting into the offense. And is there are there chemistry issues with the Raptors? Is Kawhi getting his shots within the offense? Or is Kawhi just getting his shots because he's just that good and can get his shot whenever he wants? I think it's more the latter. But there's other things I'm starting to see with the team that, not that it worries me, but I'm starting to notice it more and more. One of those things is Pascal Siakam, right? We know he's on, like, the emergence of Siakam has been incredible this season, right? And the things that he's doing, it's been great. This was a good game for him tonight. He's 20 and 12, four assists, seven of 12 shooting. But I will say there are times where I watch Siakam's game, and sometimes it seems like he's trying to do too much. And I know that sounds like a negative, and I don't mean it to come off as that much of a negative because I feel like he's a young guy. And as he continues to emerge, you the, the reason why we're seeing this emergence is because he's been given the freedom to do a lot more within the offense, right? But he's got he's to almost t- tiptoe that line a little more because sometimes it, it's a little too much, right? We saw him, the layups that he's missing or whatever. It's just he can drive and get to the basket and try to make a tough layup pretty much every time down the floor, right? And I feel like he sort of settles for that a little too much sometimes. And then, but what happens then, and I kind of understand why it happens, right? Because Kawhi gets the ball, and Kawhi sometimes, I just haven't shot the ball in a while, so I'm jacking up this shot. And that kind of becomes a problem, because now you have guys looking, and they're kind of like, okay, well, I haven't shot the ball in a while, so I'm going to shoot now. And that's not the offense that the Raptors run. That's not the offense that the Raptors used to make them successful. If you remember back during the game, they ran a clip from Nick Nurse talking about the bench. He talked about the bench's success last year, and it was because the ball was pinging around, and there's ball movement, and everyone's cutting and moving, and the other team's forced to play defense for the entire shot clock because the ball's just on a string. We're not really seeing that that much from the Raptors. We're seeing it in spurts. I'll say the bench did a good job of it tonight, but I don't think that ball movement is there as of now, especially with the starting unit and especially with as we're seeing the offense go through Kawhi and Pascal Siakam. It's almost like they're taking turns, but it's a weird dynamic, right? Because you have Kawhi, who's one of the top three players in the league, and you have Siakam, who's trying to get there. And I point to a play earlier on in the game where Siakam turns the ball over, he falls on the ground, and Kawhi literally walked right by him and didn't help him up off the ground like literally walked right beside him and obviously you know I'm reading a lot into this because Kawhi's sitting there probably thinking you could have passed me the ball and said you turned it over 
but it was just weird to see Kawhi just walk right by Siakam as he laid on the ground. Now, fast forward to the end of the game, right? And, and this was a close game, but the end of the game is probably still too close. But Kawhi has the ball. He gets double teamed, passes it out. The ball gets swung around to Serge Ibaka. Serge takes a pretty bad shot. I would liken it to the Serge Ibaka that we've seen last year more so. But Serge misses a shot. Raptors get the offensive rebound. There's about 20 seconds left. Ball gets passed out to Siakam. He's getting double teamed. Kawhi's standing there wide open. But instead of passing the ball to Kawhi, Siakam holds the ball and gets fouled. And he goes to the free throw line. And if you look at Kawhi's body language right in that moment, he is not happy. He's not happy at all. Again, check the tape. Go back and look at it. In future uh, integrations of this show, let's say, <laughs> we might be able to roll back video and show you stuff like that. Or maybe I'll try to like tweet out the, the video of what I'm talking about after. But it just was not a good look at all. And again... I don't want to read too much into it. I'm just saying as you look at the overall chemistry of this team and if you're wondering why the ball movement or why the offense doesn't look that good, why you're only scoring 95 points against the Bulls, why you're shooting in the 30s, why they struggled so poorly against the Orlando Magic and their shooting percentage was, what, in the 20s in that game? I'm pretty sure they shot like 20, 26%, I think it was, from two-pointers in that game against Orlando. And you're looking at the game and you're wondering, what's wrong with the offense? Well, Kawhi's handling the ball a lot. Again, Kawhi was 8 for 22 in this game. He did not have a shot. He finishes with 27 points and 9 rebounds. We also finished with 0 assists. Again, it's not something I'm really worried about. It's just something that I'm paying attention to more and more as the season goes along. Right? Little chemistry things that really will lead to end of the season team success. Right? And... End of the season team success, meaning teams with great chemistry go further, right? The teams that are running over to pick guys up when they fall on the ground, right? Little things. And I also bring this up just because I'm very curious how these things are working out in the Raptors locker room in terms of Kawhi doesn't play on the second half of back-to-backs, you know, kind of worrying about how... Like, Kyle Lowry's been out, what? He's missed six of the last seven games or seven of the last eight? Seven of the last eight games Kyle Lowry has not played, and he tried to play against Philly, which, you know, I wonder, like, if he could be playing right now, would he be playing? Or if he's just, you know, taking it easy, let's say. You know, making sure that he rests up his back. Just because you know that it's got to be super weird in that locker room, right? Just because... Kyle's a man, DeMar's gone, Siakam's on the, on the up and up, Kawhi has one foot in, one foot out, like it's an odd, odd situation, right? Is Kawhi just here to get busy and get buckets and, you know, and then he's out after the year? How does that feel if you're the other guys watching that, right? There's just a lot of things that I'm, I'm looking at this team right now, and you're looking at little chemistry things. And I'm not saying that it's an issue. Again, of course, not worried. They're 27 and 11, 14 and 4 at home. I'm not saying that this is a problem. I'm saying it's something that I'm paying attention to as these games go along, and you're watching why is the offense stalling? Why are they shooting such terrible percentages? Why aren't they getting more assists? There's no ball movement. Yes, part of that is Kyle Lowry. 
But the other part of it is there's still no like chemistry or continuity between the best players who are still there, meaning Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam. That's all I'm saying, right? Let me get to some comments here because I see some comments. People, I'd love to know what you think about my little spiel there about the Raptors and team chemistry and the little uh, body language investigation, we'll say, right? Uh, let's see. We look here. I see some comments here. My guy, my guy Loiziti say it's more to do with the Raps and the different Bulls team. The Raps hit, even hit a couple of threes, and they blow them out. It's true. If the Raps, the Raptors missed, it's, it's crazy, though. Yes, if they hit a couple threes, they blow them out. But if they make a couple layups, <laughs> they blow them out, right? I felt like the Raptors missed so many layups in this game, so many chippies around the basket, whether it was Siakam, whether it was Kawhi. They left so many points on the table, and it was such an ugly, ugly game. Uh, more here. They're going to need to learn how to play with adversity. First quarter of the season was easy. Now they need to figure out who they really are. It's true. That's very true. The issue, though, is while they're trying to figure out who they really are, there's so many injuries, right? And you're not making an excuse because the team is still playing well. They're still off to a great start. They're still doing a really good job. But they put up a board during the game that showed uh, Raptors games missed due to injuries, man games missed due to injuries, right? And after tonight's game, the Raptors had 68 man games lost due to injury last year all of last year they had 67 so they just have not been healthy at all this season and everyone's talking about the last 10 games or i think it's the last 13 games and or i guess it'd be 14 now and they're seven and seven in those games right and we're pointing at those games and saying how oh well is there a problem is you know is it just a tougher part of the schedule all of these things and i'm gonna say it's more so to do with injuries and injuries mean let me rephrase this. Coming from the beginning of the season, you're already going to have to deal with chemistry issues because you're integrating two new starters and now you're switching up the rotation of your bench, right? So that's already the issue heading into this season for a team with championship aspirations. So add that in and then now you get 30 plus games into the year and now you're dealing with all these other injuries. So the chemistry that Kyle and Kawhi and Danny Green might have built up gets kind of lost when the last 10 games the Raptors haven't played with both Kawhi Leonard or Kyle Lowry right then add in so much of your early season success came with Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka being this great dynamic duo in the middle that most other teams can't combat right they don't have the bigs to combat that for 48 minutes well JV's been out for a stretch now that's going to change that that's going to affect that right Norm's been in, Norm's been out. Um, CJ Miles has been nowhere to be found. Uh, Freddie's been banged up the whole season, dealing with a lot of little nagging injuries, and he's still gutting through that, especially the last few games, right? So you have all these things, and you still haven't really gotten a chance to get your full team of together, healthy for an extended run. And with all that said, still 27 and 11, right? So bright side, there's, not, there's nothing really to worry about here for the Raptors. You're just hoping that at some point everyone can come back, everyone can kind of settle in and get used to who each other are in terms of what roles people are going to play on this team, and then the success will come. 
Because you look at a game like this, and this is an ugly, ugly game. And there's no way the Raptors should lose this game by any means. But the Bulls, you got to give them credit. They played hard, right? And under Jim Boylan, talked about the different style of play. They're now, what, 5-8 and eight since he took over after this loss tonight? But through the adversity that they had when he first got there and, you know, the players almost boycotted because Boylan wanted to have a practice on the second after a back-to-back, after they played back-to-back games. And the players weren't really happy about that. But they've kind of bounced back, and they've gotten healthier, of course. And so they're starting to play a little different, but they're starting to play harder. And this was a game where the Raptors got out of victory. They didn't really play well, but the old cliche, good teams find ways to win when they don't really have it going. And they didn't have it going at all, right? They started the game 3 of 14 from the floor. It was super pathetic. They had five turnovers in the first quarter alone. The Bulls were playing super slow, playing at their tempo, at their pace. Serge Ibaka was started like 0 for 6. It was an ugly game to start this, right? The lone bright spots were Danny Green and Kawhi. Danny Green and Kawhi started the game both combined shooting 5 of 8, while the rest of the team combined to go 1 for 12. That's not a good start. It's not going to work, right? The Raptors had 14 points in the first quarter. That's pathetic, right? A season low in terms of points in a quarter for the Raptors. They shot 30% from the floor, no ball movement. And we're starting to see, you know, much like we talked last game about JV, right? And about JV being hurt. And people talked about how much they miss JV, but I think people were misunderstanding it. It's almost what JV means to the rest of the team in terms of how everyone then slots into their rightful position, right? We're starting to see that now with Kyle Lowry. Yes, Kyle Lowry is the all-star point guard, but Kyle Lowry's importance to the team is that Kyle Lowry slots Freddie back into his role and slots DeLon back into another role, right? And that's really what ends up being the strength of the Toronto Raptors. And we're seeing that now because Freddie's played a couple solid games in a row, but then he's starting to wear down a little. And he's not used to playing all these minutes. He's not used to having all these shots. All of these things. It's just a lot more pressure. And and, and that's why, you know, there's a difference between the superstars to the all-stars. The all-stars to the pretty good players. And the difference is consistency. Can you do it night in, night out? Freddie and DeLon aren't at that place in their career yet where they're able to do it night in and night out. Does that make sense? We're kind of seeing the same thing in terms of Pascal Siakam, right? The level that he's going to need to get to to be the all-star, it's just going to be consistency. Can he do this night in, night out? And we're starting to see DeLon and and Freddie, they kind of struggled, right? Freddie Freddie did not play well in this game at all. But the thing I love about Fred Van Fleet is that he just keeps going, right? Missing shots doesn't bother Freddie. Turning the ball over doesn't bother Freddie. He just keeps going. He keeps grinding it out. I think at one point he was 0 for 8 in the game, and his first bucket came from a breakaway layup where Pascal found him out on the break. He gets the lay-in, and the next time down the floor, shoots in a three-pointer. Like, he finished with 10 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. Like, he's active in this game, right? Freddie finds ways, other ways that he can contribute, even when his shot's not going down. And heck, we even saw a game earlier on in the year where he shot 
terribly, but then he's the one, was it the Indiana game? Yeah, it was against Indiana, where he shot terribly during the game, but then he hit the big shot at the end to ice the victory. This is what I like about the guys that the Raptors have on this team. Even though they're doing, they're not shooting the ball well, and I know we fall in love with numbers in this era of all sports, and so you look at it and you're like, oh, Freddie shot 3 of 12, and even if you look at his box scores from the past few games, right, the numbers don't look pretty, but I still think that he's doing enough. He's doing pretty well for the situation that he's being put in because he's not ready to be a starting point guard in the NBA yet. Can he get there? Maybe. Do we see the potential? Maybe. But he's not there yet. And that's kind of the, the benefit of, you know, if you're looking for a bright spot in Kyle Lowry being out for all these games, you're really getting a chance to give Fred Van Fleet and DeLon Wright the keys and seeing you know, getting a glimpse of, can these guys do it? Can these guys handle the point guard duties for this team? Let's say next year, if Kyle's not around, or let's say if Kyle's injury proves to be more serious than we think it is now, because we're dealing with a bad back here, right? It's been a lot of games since Kyle hasn't played, right? What do we say? Seven of eight? It's a lot of games in a row, and he probably shouldn't have played in that eighth game. So, if that back injury is more than, you know, we're thinking, you got to see if Freddie is ready. I didn't mean to rhyme that. That was terrible. <laughs> I apologize. I did not mean to do that. I promise. But at the end of the day, Raptors gut out a win. And you can't be too mad if they're gutting out victories because good teams, again, will find ways to win. And how did the Raptors find a way to win in this game? Right? Like, as I said, they they turn it over to the bench and got to give a lot of credit to what the bench did in this game. Because again, DeLon Wright played all right. I don't think his numbers are going to jump out at you in any way in this game. What do you have? Eight points, three of eight shooting, nothing crazy there, but I want to give a lot of credit to what DeLon Wright did off the bench, what Norman Powell did off the bench, what OG and Anobi did off the bench. Those guys came in, and they play defense. They changed the tempo and the pace of this game with their defense. They added more flow to it. They came in and they were grinding out on defense, turning the ball over, starting to get the offense going, but really just changing the pace, right? OG with a couple defensive stops and he hits an open three. That's an old cliche, right? You get a couple stops, you start to feel good about yourself. Now you're knocking down threes. Norman Powell, same thing, gets a steal, lays it in. Like, they were just playing really good defense, and Norman Powell's looked really good this season. A really good season for Norman Powell. I keep saying this. The numbers aren't going to show it. You're not going to see it in his numbers. But the way that he's playing, the way that he's involving himself in the offense, Norman Powell looks really, really good for the Raptors. And think about this team when everybody comes back and everybody's healthy. You have a really strong bench unit if you're talking about DeLon, Norm, Freddie, OG, and then a big, right? I guess it'd be JV or Surge, right? That's a solid bench unit. Then add in the fact that the bench was also given a nice added boost because Nick Nurse did his thing again, where he plays out the rotation so that there's always one starter there with them, right? But it's mostly either Danny Green, who's there for, to space out the floor, to give Norm and DeLon and OG the driving lanes, but it's either them or it's either Danny Green, sorry, or it's Pascal. And we know already, going back to last year, how well Pascal does with the bench unit. So, again, that really changed the game. 
it was still pretty ugly as the Raptors only led by 140 to 39 at the half, but they fought back. They found a way to grind out this victory. Freddie found a great way to, you know, who, how many guys can shake off going 0 for 8 in a game and still keep shooting like it's nothing, right? Still keeps playing. It was just a really, really good game. And I mentioned that layup earlier and I forgot about this stat, but Freddie had missed his last 16 shots before he hit that layup. That's pretty tough to do. That's really tough to do, actually. But again, credit to the Raptors for what they were able to do in this game, winning an ugly one on a Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, whatever you want to call it. What time is it right now? Wow, it's 8 o'clock, or it's 8.50. Wow, didn't realize that was the time already. I guess I'm still in the holidays, <laughs> the holiday vibe, I guess. I have no sense of time, no sense of the days of the week. <laughs> That's where I'm at. But anyways, let me see what people are saying here. Another comment from Instagram. Absolutely. The team game needs to come back. For sure. And I think it will happen, right? I think it's a thing where you're just juggling so many different bodies in and out of the lineup. So many new pieces. Even Chris Boucher came in. Gave the raps, you know, he gave the building some excitement, right? Checked into the game, had a huge block, hit a big three. You know, Jack was getting all excited, trying to figure out how to speak French. It's a story for another day, but yeah, <laughs> that was a thing. But yeah, you're, you're trying to figure out all these different things, how to play your rotation while guys are still in and out of the lineup. And you're going to have to win ugly games during the, the course of a regular season. But the thing that I like is that they showed the shot at Kawhi after the game. And I know that Kawhi probably always has a blank expression on his face, but they mentioned he didn't look happy. He's not satisfied. This is a team that's not going to be, they got vets. They're going to, they know that they didn't play well. And as someone points out in the chat, Kawhi missed a lot of shots. He did. He definitely did. He did not play well at all. Right? Like, he's not immune to this, you know, everybody played badly or whatever, you know? It's not, it's not like everyone played badly but Kawhi. No, everyone played badly. That's just the nature of the game. Uh, great point brought up here in the chat. says, I want a full roster versus the Spurs. Now, the Raptors play the Spurs on January 3rd, right? Which is Thursday, I believe. Now... I assume Kyle will definitely want to play in that game against DeMar, right? Like, if there's one thing I, I can safely say, I will assume that Kyle Lowry will be back for sure for that game. But the other reason why it was so important for the Raptors to get this win is because when you look at their upcoming schedule, yes, their next game isn't until they play against uh, Utah on New Year's Day. They host the Utah Jazz which is going to be a tough game, right? Because we know Utah Utah is a solid team, right? They're a solid, grinded-out, defensive team. It'll be a tough matchup. But then, as mentioned, so they play Utah on Tuesday, which is New Year's Day. Then they play the big game against DeMar DeRozan and the Spurs in San Antonio on Thursday, which, again, I'm assuming that Kyle Lowry has to be back for that game. I would assume that if his back... If we saw a thing where Kyle Lowry stepped in and kind of just played so that he could, like, test it out or whatever it was that he did in Philly. Because he played, and he played okay, but you could tell he was still slowed, right? He was still hobbled. But I still think this is a thing where if it was the playoffs, Kyle Lowry would be playing every game. But because it's the regular season, 
he can be extra cautious. I feel like that's going to go out the window against the Spurs. But even beyond that, they play the Spurs on Thursday, then Saturday, a big boy matchup against the, the Milwaukee Bucks, and then another big game on the second night of a back-to-back against the Indiana Pacers. So massive, massive week ahead for the Toronto Raptors. Again, you're talking about Utah, then at San Antonio, at Milwaukee, and then home to Indiana. That is a big week. So if we're talking about hoping that Kyle Lowry, you know, you give him that last bit of rest in this game against the Bulls, you hope that you can beat the Bulls without Lowry. Well, here we are. Big week ahead. Hopefully Kyle Lowry is there. Hopefully, you know, that's going to be the game that, you know, I'm looking forward to. I'm sure the Raptors, no disrespect to the Jazz, but I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that the Raptors are also looking forward and looking ahead a bit to that Spurs game. Kawhi Leonard, I'm sure, is going to want to go ham in that game just as much as DeMar is probably going to want to go ham against the Raptors. So the hype machine is about to get started already, even though there's a game in between. Either way, I'm here um, joining you once again for the Wrap It Up Ball on Blast podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and don't worry, we'll be back in the new year. We'll have the squad intact. You know, it's a holiday, so obviously a lot of the boys are taking holidays as well. But they'll be back joining me for more episodes as we tune in. Hope I haven't annoyed you guys enough as it's just been my boring voice and ugly face that you're seeing on these podcasts over the holiday season and the last little while. But don't worry, the crew will be back. We got a lot of plans, a lot of things in the works. But most importantly, we will all be here for the Wrap It Up podcast as we normally are after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Again, you can find us on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Again, Twitter, Shell Alexander. Instagram, Sheldon Alexander. And of course, it gets turned into a podcast, which ends up on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Really appreciate the love you guys are sending to the podcast. Thank you for liking and subscribing and rating and all that other fun stuff that happens on all those platforms. Really appreciate the love and appreciate all the comments, seeing all the comments there as well. Really appreciate it, guys, because, again, we do this podcast for Raptors fans, right? This is about Raptors fans just having a place to talk and have their, their voices heard about what's going on with I'm going to say this is the best team in Raptors franchise history. Kawhi Leonard is obviously the best player to ever wear a Raptors uniform. I don't hesitate in saying that. So, hey, this is a big year for the Raptors. And so we wanted to create a platform where Raptors fans can congregate after each and every game. Hopefully we're doing an okay job. Again, the Raptors defeat the Bulls in Toronto a couple days before in their last game of 2018. They defeat the Bulls 95-89, and maybe the best way to sum up this win, we got a quote here from Nick Nurse, quote, we got a win in an NBA game, and we'll take it and move on. (laughs) That tells you how ugly of a game that was for the Toronto Raptors, but hey, it's a win, and you'll take it, right? So again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you once again for joining me on this thing we like to call the Wrap It Up Show. And as always, close every episode with, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.
Boom, blast.